0: What's new? How is the world treating you? My name is Ed
1: Peters, and on behalf of Pastor Henry Harder and the Renewal Singers, I welcome you to another broadcast of What's New. We continue today in Acts chapter 15, moving on to verses 16 through 21. These verses will give us the conclusion of the Jerusalem Council regarding the question of whether or not Gentiles must adhere to the Mosaic system in order to be saved. Peter's conclusion was that salvation is by grace, through faith, for the Jew as well as for the Gentile. Then James, the half-brother of Jesus, speaks to the crowd, and he agrees completely with Peter. James bases his conclusion on Scripture, and he will quote from the prophet Amos using verses 11 and 12 of chapter 9 as his source. Now we pick up our reading with verse 15 and continue through verse 21. And this fact of Gentile conversion agrees with what the prophets predicted. For instance, listen to this passage from the prophet Amos. Afterwards, says the Lord, I will return and reconstruct David's tent that had fallen down, and rebuilt its ruins and restore it, so that the rest of the people may search for the Lord. Even all the Gentiles over whom my name has been invoked, says the Lord who does these things. From eternity all his doings are known. And so my judgment is that we should not insist that the Gentiles who turn to God must obey our Jewish laws except that we should write to them to refrain from eating meat sacrificed to idols, from all fornication, and also from eating unbled meat of strangled animals. For these things have been preached against in Jewish synagogues in every city on every Sabbath for many generations.
0: Here's our heart
1: The decision is that Gentiles who have turned to God are not to be put under the Mosaic system. However, they are going to ask the Gentiles to do certain things out of courtesy. The things mentioned here in verse 20 are eating meat offered to idols, fornication, and eating animals that have been strangled with the blood still in them. These requests were not a matter of putting the Gentiles under the Mosaic law. It was a request that they should not do something which would be very offensive to their Jewish brothers. It was a matter of courtesy. Now, here with our study is Pastor Henry
2: Harder. Throughout the history of the Christian church, there have been times of crucial importance when it stood at the crossroads, when it could go one of two ways. Near the very beginning, there was such a time The Christian Jews, understandably, looked upon the church of Jesus Christ as essentially Jewish. Any Gentiles who were converted to Christ and wanted to join the church would need to come after the model of Jewish proselytes. That is, they would have to submit to circumcision and pledge obedience to the law of Moses. This is the issue that faced the early church, and a council was called to discuss the matter in Jerusalem in A.D. 49. Peter spoke first, noting that his experience was such with the Gentile Cornelius that he did not have to come by way of the law of Moses or by circumcision. Paul and Barnabas spoke next, no doubt recounting their work among the Gentiles. Now it was up to the chairman of the council. This was James, the brother of Jesus and the author of the book that bears his name. As chairman, he could have called for a vote. Instead, he chooses to exercise his prerogative and speak. They had heard of the experiences of Peter and Paul. Now James appeals to Scripture. What does the Bible say about Gentile conversion? James says that the words of the prophets are in agreement that God would take from the Gentiles a people for himself. As a representative of the prophets, James quotes from the prophet Amos, chapter 9, verses 11 and 12. Here is a prediction that Gentiles will be saved. Amos sees a time coming when Christ establishes his kingdom that Gentiles will be saved evidently apart from the law or circumcision. So James is saying that Gentiles who are saved now should not come by way of the proselyte model, but by way of the eschatological model. Now let me explain that. Some Jews were saying that Gentiles who accept Christ should come just like the Gentiles who accepted Judaism in the past. They were called proselytes. Proselytes had to be circumcised and promised to obey the law. That was the proselyte model. No, James said... In the future kingdom of Christ, Gentiles will come evidently without circumcision or the law. Gentiles who become believers now should follow that model. Why follow the past model when Gentiles became Jews? Why not make the future model when Gentiles become Christians? The model makes good sense. It's a good argument. Take the future as a model, not the past, which wasn't a perilous situation anyway. So three people have spoken to the question of Gentile conversion and their relation to Israel, Peter, Paul, and now James. The conclusion is that Gentiles were being saved and that that was predicted in the scriptures. Now James has a practical suggestions. Christian Gentiles and Christian Jews wherever they exist in the same area, will have to live together and associate with each other. It wouldn't be right for Christians not to be able to fellowship and associate with each other. So in order to relieve tensions between them and so that the gospel might find more favorable ground among non-Christian Jews, James has this suggestion. He proposes that they write a letter to the Gentile churches telling them to abstain from food polluted by idols, from sexual immorality, from the meat of strangled animals, and from blood. These issues were not so much a matter of theology as they were of sociology. They had nothing to do with salvation. They must be viewed rather as concessions to the scruples of others for the sake of harmony. So here were four points which the mother Jewish church in Jerusalem wanted Christian Gentiles to observe. Number one, they should abstain from food polluted by idols. Number two, they should abstain from sexual immorality and they should not eat meat from strangled animals and they should not drink blood. I want to suggest that perhaps these are real moral issues that every Christian should still observe. They were then more than just for the sake of weak Jewish believers. The first would then refer to the use of Gentiles of the rooms in idol temples for banquets and celebrations. John in Revelation two fourteen and 20 condemns the use of food sacrificed to idols. James, John, and Paul condemned this practice too, and Gentile Christians should avoid it. The second, sexual immorality, does not refer just to the Jewish laws of marriage, who could marry and who couldn't, but it refers to plain and simple immorality. That is the sexual practices outside of the biblical framework. That is outside of marriage. The third and fourth, the matter of not eating raw meat with the blood still inside, has reference not to the Mosaic covenant, which was temporary until Christ came, but to the covenant God made with Noah, which has not been abrogated. In Genesis 9, in the covenant made with man through Noah, God gave man the privilege of eating meat, but the blood had to be drained from it before it was consumed. All Christians, including Gentiles in every age, should maintain high moral and ethical standards. Now, to conclude this program, salvation is always and only by grace through faith. Righteousness never comes by or through the law. When a person receives Christ as Savior, he is saved and has the righteousness and life of Christ in him. While this frees that person, it does not give license to sin. Grace has standards far above the law of Moses, and grace frees man to live by them. So while the Gentiles were saved by grace, they were to live lives worthy of their name, Christian. My
0: faith has found a resting place.
1: What's new is a radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Chapter California, 93263 USA.